Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another video from Fantasy Football Scout. It's another team draft, team reveal, uh, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I've called them drafts. Praz, we're sort of reaching a point when reveal might be a better word. Or do you think we've got to save that for the, the week before the season? I think we have to save it for the community shield, right? I mean, you saw with Nunes yesterday. I mean, there's this one guy who puts his hands up. And I'm not saying Nunes will be in our drafts. But one guy needs to put his hands up and everything changes. So we'll keep tinkering. But uh, I think I'm fairly settled. We'll talk about it with seven players. And, and there's four that can change. Okay, so. interesting. Fairly settled. That's different to quite a lot of few people. Um, I think I was, I was talking, there's a video coming up with Joe tomorrow, for example. And he's, um, he's kind of a little bit kind of less... Secure. He, he's kind of similar to you. He knows that players can emerge at any point and, and come out. He's right. taken Harland out of his draft, for example, and he had him all season. He's, he's kind of yeah. I was. I mean, last night I was I was in bed and I just thought, oh, I just swap a few players out, and then you end up just changing your whole team and looking at it. And then you, and then I woke up this morning. I was like, how the hell have I ended up with half of these half of these guys? So and you forget how to go back to the original know, version. Yeah, yeah. You look at the screenshot. <laughs> uh, I've got a folder on my phone just filled with. With screenshots, I'm gonna, I'm gonna post. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, yeah, so hello to everyone. Uh, this video is live. Um, obviously, if you're catching up later on the podcast, um, hello to you um, as well. We've got 156 people watching now. Um, we're gonna go through Praz's team, uh, talk about some of the selections there, some of the players that he's considering um, as well. If you don't know who Praz is, well, Praz is a relatively new member. Um, of the of the scout video team uh, he does a, a weekly series with Sonaldo called burning questions uh, which every wednesday which is absolutely brilliant really well received uh, looking forward to that getting back going uh, that will be starting the first week before the season starts right Leave third, third right. of august third yep. of august beautiful but you've also been uh, spreading your wings a little bit and doing a, a video series in pre-season with andy north yeah, we call it a summer fling, uh, me and Andy, <laughs> so the other Andy. And uh, yeah, we've got one more coming up uh, on that on Tuesday. And it's actually a very good one. It's on what we've learned in preseason. So look forward to that. Excellent. Well. Yeah, that's been really fun watching. So it's funny seeing these new kind of bromances kind of develop during, during these video <laughs> series. It's excellent. Um, before we get into your team, let's just talk a little bit about uh, Fantasy Football Scout. Um, obviously, if you don't know who Fantasy Football Scout are, you're just checking these videos out for the first time. Uh, we are a company that helps you become a better FPL manager. Loads of tools uh, in the members area. If you sign up for a premium membership, you get access to things like stats tables, rate my team, uh, projections. You've got the Hall of Fame and you've got probably my favorite. I don't know if you uh, use this prize. I imagine that you do. It's the comparison tool. Help you decide on, on players. Uh, we've now and you can compare three now. Exactly. Oh, sorry, you were going to say that. I sorry, was going to say that, but it's fine for you to say <laughs> as well. Yeah. The best thing about it is, I mean, it's it's the kind of tool that I use a lot when I'm I'm sort of debating a transfer, even debating a captain, things like that. Now that you can kind of add three in, it makes uh, it opens up a whole new kind of realm of possibilities. I mean, looking at Arsenal mids, for example, like I've got here, looking at Saka, Marcelino Odegaard, deciding do you want to spend the extra on on Saka? Do you want to kind of plump for Marcelino? You can filter by matches. Um, show averages per appearance, look at the radars, key appearance stats, and you've got loads of kind of data all down here. So if this is the kind of thing that you haven't seen before, um, head over to Fantasy Football Scout, 
um, check out kind of the members area, sign up. Um, and yeah, I mean, how much are you into? I mean, I don't even need to ask how much you're into stats. You, I've seen your spreadsheets, Braz. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely a lot. Uh, and it's growing every year, right? And uh, we all started using, uh, I've been using the members area for eight, eight, maybe 10 years. And you all start with this comparison, right? Because you're debating, you've got 6 million in the bank and you're trying to see who is the best in, yeah. in what I can afford. So making the comparison between three sort of just elevates that. And then I use it as well. In fact, one of the things I was noticing yesterday, there's a tab for preseason. It is exceptional. Mm. And in that preseason tab, you see every single game, who's been scoring, who's been sort of a little bit of a scout notes on each game. And more importantly, you have this table, which is only uh, available to members, where you have minutes for every single player and every single team for the games in preseason, just to sort of give you that view of who's in and amongst the minutes, who's doing well. I think it's great. So I use it a lot. And of course, the data. I mean, uh, we're all getting more analytically minded in our decisions. So using that for decision making is absolutely key. Absolutely. And I do that. Absolutely. Fantasy UK. Check it out. Uh, sub to member. Also, hang on, let me see if my little animation works. Ba -ba -ba -ba. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel as well. See, we're trying all the all the ways of, of getting kind of more engagement in these. Um, but genuinely, if you're enjoying the preseason content, um, do give us a, a like and subscribe. Also, if you give us a comment on what you think about the preseason content so far in this video, uh, drop your Fantasy Hoops Cut username in there as well. Uh, for every video this preseason um, from today, we are giving away a free uh, FFS membership. So if you're interested in that and you aren't signed up already, uh, drop your username in. Um, and let us know what you think of the stuff and we'll uh, give one away. Uh, if you've already got a membership, uh, you can give one to a friend. So drop in someone else's username um, as well um, and uh, we can give one of those too. Right, Praz, let's get into it. Let's get into your team. So five at the back. I think you're the first five at the back video that I've done, even though I know a lot of people are kind of talking about it. Um, you're the first one that we've kind of talked about. So interested to get your thoughts on that because I'm a little bit put off by by five at the back at the moment. Um, you've got Ram selling goal. You've got a lot of blue in defence. You've got James Chilwell, uh, Cancelo, Walker, and of course, Trent is in there too. Uh, Salah, Luis Diaz, Neto, uh, Jesus, and Haaland. And then on your bench, Ward, um, Pereira, De Silva, and Archer. I mean, it's a strong team, isn't it? I mean, this is what going five at the back can do. All great options. It gives you money to get in you know, these 8 million guys in Diaz and Jesus. You've got Salah and Haaland in play. Neto's already scored and assisted pre-season. Yep. It, it looks pretty powerful, got to say. It does. And this is basically a first instinct that I had. Uh, you remember when you and I were doing the season review video and we were talking about player prices and we were talking about wingbacks. And of course, very wrongly, I was of the opinion that Trent could be eight and a half and, mm. and Robertson could be eight and James could be seven and a half. So I always felt that these guys will be made unachievable by the game. And the fact that they are achievable and the prices have almost remained constant or just slight increases, I have started from that. So I have started from who are the defenders that I want. And I definitely wanted Trent. I definitely wanted Cancelo. And those are not compromises. I'm not going down for a third uh, premium or anyone else in midfield for those guys. I like the Chelsea guys. Now, we'll come to Chelsea later i suppose uh, i am a little bit concerned on how they're sort of shaping up with new signings they are making fantastic new signings but it's not yet bedded in two weeks before the season so whether you want james and chilwell or james or chilwell is a decision that i need to make but the five million spot is really appealing as well with trippier walker doherty so look for me five at the back is 
pretty much set. I will likely go there. Whether that fifth defender is a 5.0 or a 4.5, I just think there's exceptional value there. So I'm looking quite favorably towards that. And then we'll talk about premiums and midfield and forwards in due course. Yep, absolutely. I mean, what do you think about kind of five at the back as a formation? It's probably, I would guess it's not something that you've used very often in your FPL career. We're seeing more people kind of flock towards it. The 3-4-3 is definitely dead um, at the moment. So we're seeing this money being invested in midfield and and defence. The defence role has just changed though, hasn't it? I mean, the, the the fullbacks are just so relentlessly attacking now. And, you know, James and Chilwell are operating as midfielders. Cancel often plays in midfield. Trent is, is just a winger. I mean, I can completely see the logic. But what, what do you think it does to the flexibility of your team? Are you worried about that at all? If you do want to move to forwards or mids, it's a little bit more difficult. It does, it does. And what you need to do is, if you're going five at the back, you need to have belief in these players. So you can't say, I'm five at the back, but the moment a seven million midfielder scores a brace, I will panic and sell Cancelo in the first place. So I am sort of setting this up with the knowledge that I believe in these five defenders and this is where my money is spent. So completely agree with you. It does give you an element of inflexibility. For example, if one of these guys became Neko Williams, it not only gives me a better first bench, which is a guy who's playing wing back for Forrest, who's decent, at least he's playing and should could have potential. And then it gives me a midfielder in return. So it gives me that flexibility. Funds are already in attack to a larger extent. I can jump onto players. So my draft has actually evolved from Robertson at the back to Diaz now for the reasons that you mentioned. Because what I didn't want is if I had Robertson at the back as well, who I think is the third best Liverpool option, I have compromised on that and gone for a Diaz because of this whole 8 million uh, plethora of options that we have. And I don't want to miss out on that to give myself a little bit of flexibility. So if a Mares looks nailed and he scores a brace in the first game, I don't mind jumping onto him through a Diaz, but I'm not going to deny it. I think there is a little bit of inflexibility that comes with it. The caveat is the wild, the wildcard is there to save you. It doesn't need to be a late wildcard this year. You can easily plan for a game week four, game week six, even a game week seven wildcard. So that's always there to bail you out. Yeah, I mean, I, when when you sent me this team yesterday, I, I sent you back a yawn uh, emoji, uh, which was which was quite harsh. Um, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. it, I mean, a lot of these players though are, are template picks, right? I mean, we talk about template in the sense that they're all quite highly owned generally in the game. I think Chilwell might be your lowest owned one with ten percent, something like that. I'm not actually sure what. I yeah. mean, Walker's there, but I think there's there's a bit of a wait and see on Walker, right? He, he won't be in your side if Cucurella signs, I imagine. Uh, and then we talk about you know Trippier and, and the other five million options that can come in, but. There isn't really, a, I mean, you did a video with Andy last week on, on kind of differentials where you kind of named some amazing names, uh, you know, Callum Wilson, Sterling, Havertz, Mares, Sancho, Zaha, Grealish, all of these guys are a perfect kind of template busting options. And check yeah. out that video if, if you kind of haven't already and you're looking for some of these guys. You haven't chosen to go with any of those. Do you, do you tend to play it quite safe? Game week one, safe, is that the word? To be honest, safe. Look, firstly, I'm going to, I'm going to bust this myth. Template is fine. I don't think there's there, there's anything wrong with going template. The, if you believe that these are the guys who will score the most points. So I definitely believe that Cancelo and Trent, if they're the most owned, if you don't have a City defense cover, then you're basically rooting against them in most weeks. So right, Or you have no coverage from City, the best defense. If you're going for only James and not Chilwell or not a Mendy, then you're not basically backing a Chelsea defense, at least against the masses. So I tend to think of these you know, peripheral picks as ones that will actually give me the the leg up on some of the popular teams. And that's why the theme of the, the, the template 
is back the good teams who have the good fixtures, which is a rare thing. I mean, you could have had Liverpool playing Man City and Spurs in the first four game weeks, and then you're stuck whether you should go for a Salah or not. We have to take the gift. The gift is there. The pricing is generous. Liverpool, I have got three, and I think these are my right three for the moment, unless I find funds for Robertson. I've got three City. I think I'll definitely have three City. Haaland could be one. Uh, Cancelo definitely will be one. I'm looking out for that third one, in whether that's Cucurella, Edison, or Walker remains to be seen. So I'm trying to sort of not look at the template, but think about these are the teams that I want to back. And if the template happens to be similar, I don't care. I'm not going to go different just because I feel that I need to be different. There's a lot of opportunity this season to go different. You will have three wild cards. You know, the chips are always a, a, a place where, where you can go different. I mean, 10 out of 11 players in your starting 11 finished in the in the top five last year. So that is what, you know, if, if you start going for midfielders from City or, or Liverpool, you'll end up, you're paying eight, nine, 10 million for, for exactly. these guys. If you go for the defenders, though, the, and they and we talked about their attacking options, you, you know, attacking sort of potential, you get those players for, for kind of far cheaper. I mean, Neto's your kind of, your real kind of bargain basement guy at 5.5, at but you know, he's playing kind of out of position alongside Jimenez and scoring pre-season. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I really like it. So Neto could be the the place where I sort of change. So I was talking about seven players that are fixed. So I think they speak for themselves. I'll talk about the four in the starting line that are not. So Neto is one, Chilwell is one, Walker is one, and Ramsdale is one. So these are basically players that I have, for the moment, gone with the ones that I feel have most conviction for. But this can change. For example, if Martial looks to be nailed, Ronaldo leaves, I have a plan to make Neto into a Martial by downgrading Walker and, and Ramsdale, uh, and potentially Chilwell. If, for example, we think that Perisic is free, uh, and he's he's looking ready to start, then Walker could become Perisic, and Ramsdale could come down to a 4.5 defender. So definitely looking out for options, but I'm also looking out for opportunities if, you know, Perisic, for example, is very well owned, Martial is not. So I'm completely open to where this goes. I'm not sort of married with these four players, but I'm not changing my mind on Haaland, who can become a Kane, by the way, of course, fitness dependent. Jesus, I think Arsenal are top of the ticker in the first eight game weeks. First eight game weeks is the window when I'll wildcard. So why wouldn't I back the attacker who's looking pivotal to their attack in the first eight game weeks? It's a fixtures play, not even a team's play. Mm. Then you have, um, you know, Liverpool, I don't need to talk about. I think they've got good fixtures. They're fifth on the fixture ticker for the first seven game weeks. Brilliant. Why wouldn't you back three players from that team? So that's the sort of thinking that I've tried to build here. I'd, I'm not going to change from the five at the back and having nine players from these top five teams. Yeah, no, interesting. I mean, the the, the chat is, is asking about Spurs. So you, you mentioned Perisic. Obviously, you've got Haaland in there, which kind of blocks you from Kane. You know, we're seeing some people try with the, these three million drafts, as they're called, with, with Salah, Haaland and, and Son um, and things like that. I mean, there's no right answer, is there? Because, you know, five at the back has this kind of inflexibility issue. If you go with three of these premiums, you end up with a load of 5.5 million assets. You know, some, yeah. you wouldn't be able to afford for Diaz and Jesus, for example, who are really popular. People like that 8 million midfielder. People are really hot on, on Jesus, given that his price and Arsenal's early fixtures. So there's no there's no perfect side. Um, I mean, you must be a little bit worried about Spurs, though, right? Amazing transfer window they've had so far. Conte making them all sick in training because of how hard he's, he's working them and, and a great run of fixtures apart from that Chelsea game in two. Yeah, yeah, very worried. And uh, 
there's sort of a tendency to, for people to think that if you're not backing a Spurs player in your team, that means you're sort of down on Spurs. I think they have a fantastic season. They should they should come third, uh, if not push higher. But I just think Liverpool and Man City are just so good that that won't happen. But they are a very, very good team. And I am absolutely not happy having none of their players, which is where Perisic would have been in my draft if he was fit and playing preseason games. He's not. Mm. Uh, Walker currently could become Doherty if I see... Um, you know, Conte backing him. He's already said that, you know, he's lukewarm on Jed Spence, which is a little weird, right? I mean, oh, I he know. said there's a club yeah. signing. Uh, it was a little odd. So I feel Doherty is one to watch if uh, Conte backs him a lot. I would love Sonny in my team. I would love Kane in my team. But, you know, we're working on a fixed budget. And if you're asking me to compromise, like you mentioned, not having a Diaz, not having a Jesus, then I'm sort of doing in my head. And this is what people should do when they get to kind of draft ABC is basically look at what is the difference between these two teams. And then, you know, we did this yesterday when we were in the chat as uh, you and I were. I'm like, look, would you rather have Sun, a cheap attacker like Undav? Would you rather have Martinelli plus a Diaz, uh, Diaz from uh, from City? Or would you rather have Cancelo, James, Diaz, and maybe some somebody who's not as big hitter as Sun, right? So that's the math that you need to do. And for me, early season, I'm sort of hesitant to to back a third premium. If I go there, I'll probably go there instead of Haaland. That's the only route I think I can I can potentially go. I think the news around all the things he's saying around Haaland, we need to manage him. There was an article in The Athletic where they were saying that, you know, he wanted to go to La Liga where the pace is slower yeah. and Man City have given some sort of an assurance that he'll be managed. This is not what you want to hear as an FPL <laughs> manager, right? No, it's really not. No, it's, it is really interesting. It's, it's amazing how quickly things can change in, in kind of pre-season because you think Haaland is, you know, just for the outsider, Haaland coming into the league, you, you know his name, you know he's one of the world's best strikers. You can see his record and what he does. And, you know, his ownership is, what, 60%. And for a lot of people, he's just an absolute no-brainer. But for us who are constantly watching these press conferences, you know, listening to agents speak and trying to assess kind of what we want. And, you know, it's it's difficult to know whether you're over interpreting on this and actually Haaland is going to play you know majority of games and score loads of goals or if there are clues that we're getting that that we might see these kind of minutes managed and it came for example we know he's going to play every second of every match I mean Richarlison's been brought in for you know for for cover I mean the the Spurs lineup I I still can't quite get my my head around it um I mean I would imagine the front three is going to stay the same for the majority of games Richarlison probably plays on the left so you've got to think that Son's you know, position? Is there going to be a bit of rotation there? Maybe he can give a bit of a rest to, to Kane. But how, how do you think kind of Richarlison coming in affects Kulusevski, for example? Because he's not someone who I'm seeing in many teams, but he's got that 8 million price point, which is nice. Yeah, it's nice. And the problem is that uh, he played Richarlison off the right in, in the last friendly. And that's sort of scared off people that uh, if Sun's not going anywhere, Kane's not going anywhere. So if Richarlison does throw, uh, basically, and he's bound to, basically throw a fit that he's not starting. Whose place does he take? Nice guy Kulusevsky or son, mm. uh, talismanic son? So that's basically the issue. And I also feel like some of Kulusevsky's returns last season were slightly fortuitous, given, you know, a, a, a an assist outside the box and then son scoring a worldie. I at least remember two of those. And that, yep. that cross where it, it was a handball randomly and then Kane got a penalty. It just sticks in my memory. I had Kulusevsky from game week 28. So I got all his points. But I just feel there's other options. And I'm sort of, again, starting from the principle of who are the best teams. And if I'm going for Liverpool, I need three. And I, I think Diaz is a, is a gift at 8 million. If, if Jota is out, 
I know preseason he's not scoring the hat tricks or the four goals that Nunes is, but you you have to see the fixtures and you have to see the potential. I'm not sort of in that eight million spot going outside of a Foden or a Diaz personally. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, not to keep plugging other videos on on the channel, but I did a uh, a video on eight million options looking kind of underlying stats. Cause, I mean, we've got some amazing options. You know, we haven't talked about Mares, Madison, Mount, all these guys, Foden's there, Saka, for example. Um, out of all of all of the eight million options, Kulusevski had the worst XGI per ninety um, last season. So, zero point four four isn't bad, but we're going to need to see it. He was a six million midfielder last season that yeah. was amazing value but 0.44 moving up to that 8 million category if we do feel like some of those returns were a bit fortuitous you know it could be a bit worried. I mean you compare that to you know Foden 0.64 Saka 0.54 I mean Diaz Diaz didn't exactly set the world alight from an FPL perspective but the underlying stats 0.55 he's getting a, expected to get you a return every other game and that was a player you know similar to Kuzevsky just come into the league you know, had to was competing a little bit with other players, Jota and Mane and these kind of guys. We think now he's going to be pretty nailed on in in that side. Yeah, um, especially with Jota out. I think exactly. So. I think so. And if Firmino starts some of the games, like uh, yesterday, we've seen that Firmino is coming back into it as well. I think he will bring Diaz much more into the game as well. So I think we'll see two sides of Liverpool. We'll see the one where if if Nunes starts. Then sort of he'll be the the pivot, the 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 guy in the box that may actually even affect Salah. So I'm really interested to see how that works out. But then the other side of it, where Firmino starts instead, and then he's sort of the guy who's feeding both Diaz and and Salah. And obviously, from my drafts perspective, I'd much prefer if it's that Firmino side of things than than Nunes hogging all the goals. Yeah, I mean, what do you make of of these four goals for for Nunes? Have, have you seen them? I have, I have. Look, I mean, obviously one of them was a penalty. There were some tap-ins. He's fine. Look, it's a preseason. We don't need to sort of get uh, overexcited. I don't think he's a he's a he's a player we go to straight away uh, because of the Firmino. Unless we see Liverpool change, so Liverpool, there's some talk from the Liverpool fans that they may play Firmino just behind Nunes and have Salah and Diaz as well. So basically a four-two-four-two-three-one, which we haven't seen from Liverpool a lot. And this is on the back of the Champions League final where Ancelotti basically said, I know how Liverpool play. We know how to beat them. Mm. There was no change in the way they actually do things. And if you've sort of figured them out, then you can beat them. Or if you, you have to be a good team to do that, obviously. But uh, that's, you know, there's a hope that they will change the way that is done. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly going to wait on Nunes. If he scores a brace against Man City, then ask me again. <laughs> it's an amazing, like, plethora of options at Liverpool, isn't it? I mean, two fullbacks, Salah, Diaz, uh, you know, Nunes as well. And then you think, you know, the injuries could promote, like, Jota back into the into the mix, Firmino um, as well. You know, there's there's there really is a huge amount. Even someone like Van Dijk, even Allison at 5.5, for example, I know that blocks you, but yeah. he's still the, the, he was the most valued player last season. Have we ever Absolutely. had have we had a team wish... like them, like with so many options? No, because if you look at the last season, the top 10 point scorers, or top 12, I think, Andy and I did, there were seven from Liverpool. It's ridiculous. It's a team that gives you nailed options uh, that have high point ceilings uh, because, you know, Robertson and Trent are not wingbacks, but they give you wingback type points. They keep 19 clean sheets a season, which is ridiculous. And they score a lot of goals. They were highest for XG last season even better than city i think until game week 34 35 so it is a ridiculous team the the party is coming to an end sort of as they're kind of bulking up the team because over the years they used to have a very thin bench and used to have nailed players mm. and you could just back whoever you wanted 
I certainly see myself like last season to always have three three Liverpool. Last season it started with Simicas, went to Robertson, went back to Jota, and then I ended the season with Robertson. Robertson is my comfort blanket. If I don't have any attacking options, my second attacking option, I think Robertson is the third best defender in the game after Trent and Cancelo. So I definitely will go to him once budget uh, is released and I find other options instead of Diaz. Yeah, I mean, Robertson and, and Diaz is an interesting kind of option, isn't it? Because, I mean, you, you, we would expect Robertson to get close to 200 points again. That seems to be where around yeah. he kind of hits. I mean, Diaz getting 200 plus points wouldn't be, you know, crazy, but... You've got to think he, you know, for a for a midfielder or a forward to get to that, they they've got to have a, a blinding season. He's got to get close to probably what twenty goals, something yeah, like that, or, yeah. or at least twenty goal involvements across the season. Whereas, in a way, it's easier for players like Trent and Robertson because they're relentlessly attacking and they've got the clean sheets to fall back on as well. That's the pitch for five at the back. It is. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, but no Robertson in your side because you're going for Diaz. Yeah, because of the 8 million. So this is where I'm trying to address the first question that comes up when people look at the five at the back. What about structure? What about what if a uh, 8 million midfielder sort of puts their hand up? So I'm trying to address that structure point by making this compromise of going for a second Chelsea defender or a Perisic or a Walker instead of a Robertson. And that sort of allows me to free up funds and take Martinelli up to that 8 million midfielder. Yep, nice. Uh, Let's talk about City. You've currently got two defenders from Man City. Uh, we've kind of mentioned Walker as being someone who's kind of dependent on on what's going to happen. I mean, surely City are going to sign a fullback. They're so light at a fullback with Zinchenko uh, leaving. But yeah, I mean, would you consider Cucurella if if he if he did move? I would, depending on what noises we get from from Pep. Right. I mean, I I would be more skeptical. Actually, let me change my answer. I I wouldn't jump on Cucurella straight away if he moved because I don't know how quickly he beds into the team. I get all of the the fact that he's a uh, Barcelona product and Pep loves him and he'd be the left-sided defender starting out the season. I get all of that, but I think you just have to know that Pep will take his time to bed the team. You have to see what happens to the structure of the team. If there's a left-sided defender on the left instead of a Cancelo who plays on the left instead, so I'm going to wait, and instead I'm going to go for the many, many other options in 5 million bracket, which is Doherty, Trippier, somebody even mentioned in the chat, uh, the Aston Villa boys, which are great actually, but they're a little bit short term because after mm-hmm. four game weeks, their fixtures fall off. Um, I will definitely look to have somebody from, I'm even open to an Edison this year, which is something I've never done in the past, but 5.5 for a City defender, again, we're only talking about six to eight game weeks. You're getting double city defense, which your rivals who've got who are on the template they don't have. I like it. So, yeah. I think pushing the pushing those premium goalkeepers down to five five is a, is a great move from FPL because yeah. it, it you know you're never going to be paying six million for for one of them, but at five five you could potentially get away with it. And, and City, I think, are a, a bit different to Liverpool. I mean, don't get me wrong, there are options at, at City that can emerge. You know, Foden, Mares, Grealish, Haaland. You know, we, we can name probably five or six, but I. I don't feel like it's as important. I mean, I feel like if you've got Haaland and Cancelo, that third spot, I think, could go to Edison because you know he's going to get those points. Whereas with Liverpool, because you've got those two fullbacks and because you've got Diaz, because we've got Nunes that could potentially explode, I feel like that's not as much flexibility with that that they might be with with City. I mean, what would you make of City next season? I mean, they're the, they're the best attacking size in the league still. They've just signed the best striker, one of the best strikers in world football. Again, not really seeing too much investment in midfield. I mean, Foden is in a few sides. Hasn't really had much of a preseason, though. And you talk about preseason minutes, as, as mentioned on, on yep. the scout. You can check those to, to really get a sense of these. Mares just signed this new contract. He's lost his biggest competition in, in Jesus. Again, though, he's 
X minutes, still worries about, about him. Grealish, is this going to be his breakout season in City? We're not really sure. Do you like any of the mids or any of them on the watch list? All of them are. Mm. I mean, you can never not have City mids on the watch list, including KDB, by the way. Um, I think out of the three, Grealish will be a massive bandwagon if he starts getting minutes. So again, we were talking about template breakers last week and we we were talking about how Pep gives his players a lot more minutes, almost double in the case of Cancelo, Gundogan in their second season. And so we've seen that with everyone, Sane, uh, Bernardo Silva. So if you expect the same pattern to follow with Grealish and for him to go from the 1800 odd minutes he got last season to 2500 minutes, his XGI is, is, is amazing. It is. It, it is better than some of these guys that we've talked about. So I think Grealish is one that I'm definitely watching if he makes that left side position his own. Again, the iffy point is what happens if Cucurella comes? Does he play with that um, a Grealish option or does he move to somebody who's wrong-footed like a Foden? So I again, Luke is the messiah here and we'll wait to see what his views are. But I'm happy to wait and watch because I don't think that... you know I'm, I think Diaz is a perfectly good option. If you gave me two extra million... I would right now upgrade Walker to Robertson and I would change Diaz to Foden. That would be my preferred option. But again, we go back to the point that I don't, you know, we don't have all the money, all the budget, and we can't have all the options. So for the moment, I've gone for Diaz because I just feel like I'll get the expected minutes, which I think a top two side, I, from, from a top two side that I want to have. Yep, makes sense. Uh, final question then, before I let you go, we're getting a few questions about Lingard, for example. We don't know his price yet. We're expecting it to be... Six, five point five. I think it will probably come in at six. It won't be any higher than that because Johnson's at six as a forward, for example. Yeah. If he does come in at five five, could be another option to kind of rival Neto. Uh, maybe interesting signing for for Nottingham Forest, isn't it? It is very interesting. It's good for them. I mean, they use that side of the pitch a lot in their attack. I mean, Mark will be will be telling us more, but it's a team where they could come out of the blocks really, really nicely, but they've also lost a lot of players and they've been new signing. So they could also be the, you know, the battering team that everyone kind of targets. So they could go anywhere. And Ooh, I'm not... Tell Mark that. Ooh, you won't be I know. Well, he has to, he has to embrace the truth. <laughs> it could happen. Um, I just think I'm not even sort of my mind when I'm getting preseason news and, and there's a lot of noise preseason, right? Friendly is happening everywhere. Transfers happening everywhere. There's about 10 teams that I'm not even thinking about. I'm not even... Because of, again, good teams having good fixtures, Lingard, let him come in. Let him come in and show something and then we'll sort of think about him. Nico Williams, let him come in and show that he's really a budget enabler. You could even potentially start if he's that attacking. Then I'll think about him. There's absolutely no way other than one or two players that I've mentioned that will sort of make my team definitely not from a promoted side. And again, there is another aspect of that, which is... Bournemouth and Fulham do interest me in attack. Their fixtures are horrible for mm. the first four game weeks and Fulham for the first seven game weeks. I'm not going there. We have the luxury of watching them to see how they're betting into the Premier League. Are they attacking? Are they defensive? Are they struggling? Are they actually doing a Brentford like last season? Let's wait and watch and then we target them. Yeah, it's, it's very difficult, isn't it? When you've got someone, like, I mean, Brennan Johnson's a good example at, at six. I mean, obviously a, a, a great player, done really well for, for Forrest, going to be really interesting to see him in the league. But I mean, he's six million, the same price as Chilwell and James, who are playing for a top four side and we know could come close to 200 points or we'd expect them to be close to 200 points kind of next season, depending on how Chelsea adapt and all that kind of thing. But because the defence has evolved so much, it's like these forwards need to do so much to kind of keep up with them because they just don't have that fallback of the of the clean sheets and they're getting often similar-ish attacking returns. 
Yeah, yeah. They they basically sweep up all the bonus as well, right? I mean, my theory, for example, game week twenty eight, when we all captain James, or some of us captain James, was basically that over the double game week he gets one clean sheet and an assist, and that's basically for him to get fourteen points because he'll then take all the bonus yeah. as well because he has an attacking return. That's my theory, and this is why. I would love to change Walker to one of those other defenders like Doherty or Trippier that I mentioned, who do the same. And I want these guys as not my defenders, but basically my guys who contribute to attack and get clean sheets as bonus. Yep, absolutely. Pras, knowledgeable as always. Thank you so much uh, for joining me. If you've enjoyed this video, do give us a like, do give us a subscribe. Um, as well we really appreciate that and as mentioned if you want to drop your um username at fanny scout username um into the comment section uh, there will be one free membership going out uh for someone who watched this video so make sure you do that uh Pras, i will speak to you soon you'll be back with andy next week and then burning questions the week after uh but good luck with your tinkering those four players be interesting to see which ones change Absolutely. And uh, before I get to burning questions, I cannot not give a shout out to Andy Sonaldo, who I see in the chat. He so is. hello to him. He's he's just waking up from his slumber. He's had a nice <laughs> little break. So look forward to doing that. And I can already give a preview that our first burning questions has a lot of prep has gone into it. So look forward to that. Ooh, nice. uh, we, we will we will talk about wildcard windows and other interesting stuff. He has uh, he has been hibernating, hasn't he, over the summer? Yes. The, I yes. mean, he's he's claimed to me the other day that he's not going to start with Son, but come on, <laughs> that'll change. That'll, that'll change. change. I'm sure you can talk him into it. Uh, excellent <laughs> stuff. Thanks everyone for watching and listening, and we will see you very soon.